0: Ready to go. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I mean, appreciate it. I mean, we do a podcast together, so this should be pretty uh, right? uh, easy going. Seamless uh, with this one. Seamless. Seamless. Yeah. But, but yeah. I mean, I mean, there's so much sports on right now. We got college basketball. We got college football going on. We got the uh, Pinstripe Bowl going to be starting up here pretty quick. And then, um, uh, you know, three games on the on the slate there, and then we got a bunch of NFL to talk about,
1: don't we? That's right, man. And it is officially episode, I believe. Let's pull it up so I don't botch this. But I think it's 35, it's 35, 34, 36. Me and the old man have been up to, up to no good. We are officially at episode 35 of Short Term High Volatility Investments, the podcast edition brought to you by One Thirty Seven p.m. I am not joined by my beautiful, wonderful, amazing co host uh, that I normally am, the hype man, Jeff Sheesby, the, at the old man who bets, taking a week off enjoying the holidays. But I do have another G. At Guns Picks on Twitter, like he said before, uh, you can find him on the dad bods. You can find him in GPO lock. I have the pleasure of doing podcasts with him on a regular basis. So this is easy. This is seamless. I went from one G uh, to another G Guns Picks from Jeff. Guns, we're here again. Thank you for joining. And let's roll right into it. The You mentioned the bowl games. Ton of sport happening right now across mm-hmm. NBA, NFL, maybe the NHL if it ever comes back. We'll have to get Punisher Picks in here for that. But let's roll with an early college football pick for today, December 29th. If you're listening to the podcast now, it's outdated. So hopefully you listen to the the live performance on YouTube and Twitter. Let's roll with the pick, the analysis. What, What are you cooking up for this early, early Thursday bowl, Wednesday, Wednesday bowl game? um yeah with the bowl games it's pretty pretty
0: wild because basically what we what you have to do is you got to you know continually track to see who's going to be playing in these games i mean you i mean for example you took mississippi state last uh yesterday if anyone took them you didn't know that they were going to have six starters opt out uh right before kickoff unless you were just Paid attention to Mississippi State beat reporters all the way I through. Can't believe so there's that,
1: not like a better time limit on things. They the way should put, put a deadline
0: on this, this stuff and maybe that's something yeah. that they'll
1: look at at the end of the season. I mean, I would because this is frustrating for for betters and just frustrating well, you that for that one. And then you had, well, I mean, how many hours before the UCLA game? Was it six, seven hours? It was still day of game when that thing got canceled, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, then you
0: got the COVID issues on top of it. and yeah. I mean, we're going to be talking a lot about COVID when we get into the NFL stuff, but I'm I'm looking at Maryland on this one minus four as uh, the play here. Listen, Maryland uh, lost six of their last eight games, uh, but they've won the net yards battle because they can run the ball. They have the electric offense with his uh, brother in there, 444 yards per game of total offense, um, and they have a plus 24 net yard average for the season. Um, and then you gotta look basically at the at the Virginia Tech side. Now they've lost seven starters that have just completely opted out for the NFL, including their top two receivers. Uh their starting quarterback, Bro Meister, he's out. Um, so they're bringing in this uh Connor Blumrick, who basically all I can find out on him is he's a mobile quarterback. So there may be uh, more of a one-dimensional style load the box on the Maryland side and just stop the run. Um but They do have black shear that's going to be running there, so there may be uh, a back and forth on the run game, too. So I, when I see uh two teams that can run the ball a lot, I kind of lean towards the under as well. So the under 55 could probably be a play as well. Um, now you have a good passing team, uh, with uh Tua's brother, I, I can't tie a Loga, uh, 65 I know, 45%, right? <laughs> pl- 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 <laughs> Just call him little, plusion, too. Uh. Right? Yeah, I mean, and then. Um, they just played a, a tougher schedule too, playing in the big 10 um, and they had to play a lot of like heavy run teams. So they know how to handle the run. So I'm looking at this from one side to the other. And plus uh, they lost uh, Virginia tech lost four out of their uh, top 10 uh, tacklers as well. So that is kind of uh, where I'm sitting at this spot. I want to, you know, I want to be the contrarian on this one and take Virginia tech. And I, that's kind of usually how I go with these bulls, but um, AC uh, also ACC dogs, are always a, a fade. I think they're hitting at 30% from my tracking uh, on the closing line, um, probably since 2014, I believe. So with all that being said, I can't take the dog for ACC. I'm going to roll with the Big Ten favorite. Maryland minus four is the play.
1: There you go. Starting out strong, which you love to see. That game starts, I think, officially at 2.30, right? So you guys got yeah, about an hour. 2:30, so, yeah, Yeah. Yeah, so this will be floating around. We'll tag the uh, the college football pick, but hopefully you're listening live and you can go get it and maybe dabble on, on the pick there with Maryland or even the under. Uh, good little split too to hedge That's yourself. Right. Yeah, man. Well, let's roll into a little NFL talk. Um, we wanted yeah. to do... The quick hitters are going to be um, week 16 kind of, you know... Coming out of it, what happened? Looking at the playoff picture a little bit, we're going to give you guys a ton of Week 17 picks and previews. You know, the weeks keep throwing me off because we got 18 weeks now, so there's actually two games left, two full weeks right. of NFL action. Um, but where I w- actually want to start with the NFL before we get into those two quick topics and and finish with all those picks is John Madden, man. Kind of sudden, kind of not right. I knew he was in rough right. shape. He was 85 years old. Right. Um, they just released that documentary, so I feel like the the you know the 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 hot topic around Madden was going this entire holiday season did you catch the doc i caught parts of the doc i think
0: they played it like uh again last night or something like that and i think i saw i'm gonna i'm actually recording it Uh, i think that's right tonight on fs1 so i could watch the whole thing but it's weird because if you're from a generational standpoint from my like my end of it i remember madden calling games that's kind of my childhood yeah you know what i mean i mean he stopped playing uh calling games in 2008 i
1: believe and he uh, started in 1979 so it was 79 and 2008 was that run just think about that.
0: You have a whole generation of young guys, twenty-somethings, that only know Madden from a video game, and they don't know right. him as a as a, a coach, as an announcer. Um, I, I mean, there's not he changed the game as far as analysts are concerned, and it, it kind of transcended into all the sports, in my opinion. I mean, he he made the game fun. If you were just a regular watcher of of football, like it was fun to watch him like call the games because he would, he would not only just like break down a play. He would also like circle Nate Newton's head with the steam coming out of it. And like, just kind of making crack jokes and just had You just could tell that he was just having the, the time of his life. And you kind of like gravitated towards that. um When you were watching the games, I mean, I mean him, him calling games is I miss it a lot. And I know it's, he's always been one of those guys that I'm like, Oh, Wow. Madden's still alive. I can't believe he's still alive. And now he
1: disappeared and you didn't, you didn't hear anything from him for so long. Like he left in 2008 and that was it. Like at that point he was was already inducted into
0: the hall. They had him on serious NFL for a while. I remember that in like 2014, he put him in there for like, you know, 20, 30 minutes of football.
1: Yeah. But I
0: mean, he he, he wasn't as like, he was just an older guy. I mean, it was kind of cool to hear Madden's voice on the radio, but
1: yeah. And I mean, I'm in your, your age range. um, So I, I remember you know, him calling games. Now that younger crew is just like, you know, either the highlights or the kind of the the the, the video game, which is crazy. But, you know, I was actually digging in and, and I know they're going to cover a lot of this in the doc too. But I didn't realize, I, I think, how good his coaching was. I obviously knew he won a Super yeah. Bowl. I knew he was successful with the Raiders. I knew he finally got into the Hall of Fame in 2006. But, you know, when you look at some of these stats, he became a head coach at 32. Right, promoted mm-hmm. from linebackers coach uh, with the Raiders. And for a long time, I think probably until McVay, that was the youngest, you know, maybe a couple others before that, but youngest coach to, you know, ever be hired in professional football. Uh, he went 103, 32, and seven. He was the youngest coach to get to 100 wins. He owns that 750 winning percentage. Wow. His team with the Raiders, you know, they won Super Bowl eleven, but they lost a ton of AFC championship games. I mean, they were in it. That ten or eleven year stretch, almost every single year, getting to the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, and coming up a short a lot. So, you know, he retired quickly. You know, it was a, a short lived career, but that kind of spurred the the broadcasting and and you know what a run it was, right? Yeah, I mean,
0: I couldn't. Believe, oh yeah, when you sent me those stats on him, I was like, I didn't think yeah. he had that great of a record. Um, I mean, he, I mean, I remember him from the Super Bowl. I mean, he was he was there at peak Raider time, right? Like. So, but there was a lot of coaches in that, in that kind of that, that window for the Raiders with, you know, the Al Davis days mm-hmm. where um, they were just winning game after game, getting the AFC championship, getting to the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, I mean, his coaching career um, to me, I only knew him from, you know, the highlights from the soup from that one Super Bowl is seeing right. him Carried
1: off, right? That, that right. iconic image.
0: And then he pretty much went from there right into broadcasting. I didn't realize yeah. he's been there since like 1979. I watched in the documentary, which was kind of interesting. Fox just paid him a stupid amount of money
1: during that time to get yeah. him at, to do the at game. At some point, Fox. it became like a bidding war whenever the rights were up or whoever was kind of With trying CBS to get, or something he the NFL. like that. Yeah. It was like CBS, NBC, Fox. I think he worked for all of them. He was one of the few that's kind of really bounced around to almost every major network out of the four.
0: Yeah. And and then once he went, Pat Summerall went, yep. and then like all the producers went with him. So it was kind of like this everybody just kind of shifted towards where Madden's going because they yeah. knew it was like the stamp the, I mean, of approval, right? I mean, yeah, that's a cash cow. I think everybody just loved that guy yeah. to death. And like that's the only guy that they wanted to work for, you know? What so. a legend. Well,
1: I'm happy to talk football like I know he was. Uh, So let's roll into the playoff scenarios and the playoff pictures. Like we said, there's two weeks left here. So it is getting a little interesting, just running through the playoff picture in the NFC and the AFC. Uh, If it ended today, which it will not, there's still two games left, two weeks. We have Green Bay with the bye in the NFC, Dallas versus Philadelphia, two seven Rams versus San Francisco, three, six Tampa Bay versus Arizona, four, five. So let's start in the NFC, right? Interesting because two of those matchups, uh two seven Dallas, Philly and three six Rams, uh, San Francisco are division rematches, right? If if mm-hmm. the playoff ended that but where do you think this thing shakes out? I mean, the three teams still in the hunter, Minnesota, Atlanta, New Orleans. Do you think anything in the NFC changes? Or you think these seven teams make it and it's just kind of seeding?
0: I mean, I, I think you know, th- those tail end spots, like, you know, Philly's going to be playing for their playoff lives in the next Correct. couple of games. I think they're playing, uh, you know, in conference. I wonder about the one that I wonder is green Bay going to be the team. That's going to get the buy. Um, and where's they could their slip motivation. up. They could slip yeah. up. Yeah. Where's their motivation in the last couple weeks? I mean, they've played just kind of like to the level of their competition for the past four weeks. Uh, they're banged up. Um, Aaron Rodgers has got a bad toe and he's playing like hurt. Um, their secondary looks like less and less as strong as they've been in the beginning of the season. Um, and then they got to go play, uh, Minnesota this week. Uh, and, uh, Minnesota has beaten them. They beat them at home. And then you have, um, they have Detroit after that. So their motivation is probably just going to be, you know, I'm going to just get enough to get the victory. They may lose to Minnesota. I don't know, but I don't see them losing to Detroit if they lose, um, this, uh, If they lose to Minnesota, so um, that's kind of like where I'm seeing. uh, Dallas is probably kind of hungry. Dallas is playing like real good football right now. They're
1: They're, they're peaking at a good time,
0: and I think it's because they had they have a lot of the uh, the wide receiver core. uh, You know, uh, they are piecemealing that together, and now they're getting a little bit stronger, which is scary for a lot of teams because their offense. I mean, I granted it was against the Washington football team that looks absolutely awful right now. Um, but th- they're just, they're, they're kind of peaking right now. I don't know if they're just going to put the foot on the accelerator and try to get that, um, that buy spot, or if they're going to kind of like, you know, maybe cool their jets go into cruise control, um, for the remainder of the season. I, I honestly, I think it's the latter. I mean, I think they really do, uh, uh, speed up and want to get into that, that resting spot where green Bay is, uh, seeing the opportunity.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they sweep and, and Green Bay slips up, right? They're they're a yeah. game back right now, but they're kind of keeping pace, which is great. They hold tiebreakers almost every oh almost somehow. I don't really know how. I should have read it into the tiebreakers more, but they do hold tiebreakers over the Rams, the Bucks, and uh, some of those other teams. So right. If they if they take care of business against the Cardinals, you know, there's a shot. If they lose against the Cardinals and Green Bay wins, I know we'll touch on the Green Bay Minnesota game later. I think you could see a scenario where Dallas starts trying to avoid Philly in the playoffs. Um, because they play each other week eighteen. And maybe they do rest their starters, try and give up the L there. And that gets them out of that weird, you know, third time playing a division team, which nobody likes to do. Right. I've seen that scenario play out for years. Uh, for the Cowboys, that I think one of the Giants Super Bowl runs in 2007, we were the one seed, you know, of course, got the Giants, uh, you know, red hot and they roll through you. So, and that was, you know, we had beaten them twice that year in that playoff game. Mm-hmm. Giants and Eli Magic prevail. So I do think the NFC picture is a little weird. Um, you know, New Orleans probably played themselves out of it in that game against Monday. So I think they're I, probably talking about a lot of seating.
0: I think COVID took them out of the uh, yeah, playoff yeah. picture.
1: Ian, for Ian sure. Any comments on Ian book, Notre Dame quarterback.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm never high. I, I'm high on Notre Dame college quarterbacks. I'm what not about that. Oh,
1: Oh, Oh, and 24 straight start. Yeah. Like
0: it, it, Ian book looked, yeah, 0 and 24 oh, uh, and twenty four, straight up, and I was trying to I tell my dad, I was like, when was the last time they won? Was it like Brady Quinn or was it Rick Meyer? I mean, good Brady, do have here, to go, right? Exactly. Do we have to go that far <laughs> we, back? We skip a generation? <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting because they had like Deshaun Kaiser, they had Ian Book. Uh, I, I'm I'm never high on them being professional quarterbacks. Ian Book would always try to run, um, if he didn't have that first look, and right. he he basically looked like that. But you're going against professional linebackers with a lot of speed, you know, and you're not, you're not going to get those yards that easily. And I think that, you know, I, I don't think the receiver of the team is really backing him at all. I mean, he had, they had a few, he had a few throws that, you know, hit hit the guys on the chest. They were dropping passes, even though they were short, but yeah, yeah it was, still it down was their bad.
1: number one receiver. You know, that, so that team definitely has been ravaged, but let's switch gears to the AFC. I think this race to me is a lot more interesting. Yeah. Um, The if it ended again today, you have Kansas City with the bye, which I think a lot of people, you know, kick dirt on their grave right early in the year. Uh, Tennessee two versus seven Miami. You have that matchup this week, interestingly enough. So that will obviously shake up. Uh, Cincinnati three versus six New England and Buffalo four versus Indy five. Now, in the hunt here, you really have six teams that are still in the mix. Three of them are for one division because I think that AFC North is still pure chaos. So Baltimore, the Chargers, Las Vegas, the Steelers the Browns and the Broncos still all technically mathematically alive. Any division here you want to start with?
0: Um, I'm, you know, the East is kind of interesting to me, yeah. Uh, in a East lot of is, ways, is
1: all intensive purposes, wrapped up, right? Buffalo controls their own desti- destiny. Correct.
0: Yeah, and and uh, I don't think they really have that strong of a competition. They got to play they go. Atlanta Falcons this Falcons
1: and Texans. I put it in here in my notes. Jets, Falcons, Jets. Back
0: to yeah. California. So yeah. they they basically, I think they're just going to go on cruise control. Atlanta is okay. a bad team, even though they have seven wins. I don't know how they have seven wins, but they do. Um, and y- you money. have. Yeah, it's crazy. But I see, I see this kind of like shuffling around. I think Miami's kind of in one of those danger spots, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, I know they're on like a seven or eight game win streak, but if you see the teams that they beat, they be, basically beat the bottom feeders of the NFL. They, yeah, really it, the, the only good win that they had was against Baltimore. And yeah. I, they're going to have to go and, and play uh, Tennessee this week. I, I think they're in trouble mm-hmm. big time there because they've just been, played lackluster teams uh, in the past like eight weeks. So... That they're and with Miami. I feel like we're always talking about them in the playoff pitcher, and they're just so close yet so far away, they'll have that bad loss. And, it, and it's kind of like those last two games of the season, they just kind of falter. Yeah. Um, but I think the Patriots are, you know, two losses back to back, good teams. Um, they got to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they stomp a mud hole into them this it's week. It's a huge and they,
1: line right now. I think it's above it's two a, touchdowns.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think they kind of finished the season off strong they against Miami, yep. against Miami, which, yeah. you know, that and that's a revenge spot for them too from week one, I believe where they lost. So yeah. um, that's a good spot for them. Well, I they kind of went out there. Here's
1: an scenario that could play out. I think unlikely, but could happen. And I read this on the ringer um, yesterday. Today. So if the Raiders went out, the Raiders have the Colts and the Chargers. I don't know home mm-hmm. Homer away, but they have Colts and Chargers. Winnable games, tough games, right? Either way. But if the Raiders went out, they hold the tiebreakers over everyone else. So they sneak in, which essentially means that if Miami does, in fact, beat Tennessee, again, tough, right? So you have a lot of things happening here. I'm giving you a a ridiculous scenario, but Raiders went out. They beat the Colts and the uh, Chargers. The Dolphins beat the Titans. Regardless of what New England does this week, that sets up a loser leaves town match in week 18. Winner goes to the playoff. It's a play in for Dolphins and Pats, which I'd love to see for pure chaos purposes.
0: Yeah, that'll be one of the premier matchups. I wonder if they'd move that to like a late game or something like that, or maybe a 425 or something. That'd be kind of interesting. But it's kind of amazing because there's like still six teams that are in contention to make the playoffs. And I mean, you have Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Denver. um, And I mean, most of these are... AFC North teams. Correct. Well, three of them in that
1: division. That division Correct. still up for grabs. I mean, so right now, since he's in the driver's seat, 538 yep. puts them at a 72% chance to win the North and make the playoffs. I don't think one of these teams get in the wild card because they play each other. They yeah. beat the shit out of each other over these last two games. It's like a round robin of, of who's who. But do you, do you think Cincinnati gets it done, or do you think any of those other three teams can jump them? So you can lay out can the scenarios, say. but I don't know if, if there's one that leans out to you. I kind of
0: see like Cleveland kind of skidding downwards um, two, out,
1: yeah.
0: two brutal losses on uh, yeah. the past couple of weeks, um, you know, especially against green Bay. Now they're going to go on the road to go play Pittsburgh, a team that they lost to uh, 15 to 10. And I, I think they could be in trouble uh, in that game too, playing on the road. Um, Baltimore is a little bit interesting. It looks like they're going to get Lamar Jackson back. So that's going to help the team a, a little huge bit boost. more. That's a huge boost. They've missed him for the past two games. So uh, you know, Baltimore can make a run there. I kind of like, you know, I never know with Cincy. Um, they're kind of off and on. I think their offense is really clicking right now. Um, with uh Higgins and Joe Burrow and and just the whole crew, Jamar Chase. So, you know, they could really, you know, solidify themselves this week and then, you know, hit the cruise control button. I don't know how far back, how how big of a lead they have. In the division and who they play in Week 18. That'd be kind of interesting to see if you know if, especially if like Pittsburgh pulls it out. I know they're two and two in the division that Pittsburgh is, but um. it's
1: it's pretty. I mean, they they do control their own destiny, and I think that's why yeah. the percentage is so high. They have to win one of their last two. Um, okay, in terms of Cincinnati, but those final two games, um, I believe one of them is in the division. I lost it here. Let me check. Bangle I'm-
0: I mean, if we were if we were looking, say, Cincinnati wins this one, I think the team that could really make a a, a decent push for that last spot, and I'm not, I'm, I don't think it's going to be Miami. I think it's probably going to be, um, man, I'd like to really see Pittsburgh make that spot. Yeah, which
1: they could. Go. So the scenario yeah. for Pittsburgh is Cincinnati plays Kansas City, and then a division game against the Browns, which is again why I said these teams are going to beat the crap out of each other because obviously this week you know the Steelers and the Browns play each other. Um, mm-hmm. so if the, this week Steelers Browns is essentially a loser that leaves town, whoever loses is eliminated from that division right. race in mm-hmm. week 17. So let's say the Steelers win, right? So the Steelers move on. Uh, what that means is they need help. They need the Bengals to lose two, but the Steelers, if they beat the Browns and the Ravens, then they win. So they need to go two and O and the Bengals need to go. Oh, and two which isn't inconceivable, right? Mm-hmm. Once you you know lose to the... If the Chiefs want to hold on to the one seed, they get the win. Let's assume that happens. Now you set up a scenario where you need help from the Browns to get the Steelers into the playoffs. So the team you essentially just eliminated the week before, do the Browns show up? That's probably the biggest question mark and the reason why it makes it interesting for uh, Cincinnati if there is a Pittsburgh win you know, this week. Right. Yeah, and that could be really... You know, you'll, have, you'll
0: actually have some games that actually mean something in, in the last week. That's yeah. kind of always been the trick of capping. Yeah. It's almost like don't even bet on the last week of the season because you don't know who's
1: going to be motivated and who isn't. Right, exactly. Now, here's the team that gets screwed the most. Let's say Cincinnati does go 0-2, which means the Browns during the stretch go 2-0. The Browns mm-hmm. beat the Steelers, and then in Week 18, they beat the Bengals. If the Ravens still went out, so if the Ravens and the Browns both go 2-0, Ravens have the tiebreakers and sneak in, win the division. Browns don't. Ooh. Now I don't know a wild card scenario in that case, but it's it's so interesting. This division is going to be fun to watch. I mean, the, I can't remember yeah. the last time you had a, a, a in two weeks ago in the in the season and you had four teams that could win the division
0: yeah it's wild it's like you lose like what was it Uh, a couple weeks was it two weeks ago that if cleveland won they'd be leading the division if they lost they'd be dead last it was kind of like this (laughs) weird shift of that of that of those guys just beating each other up left and right Uh, it's it's absolutely insane what that division has turned out to be very interesting for sure and i think that had a lot to do with like the injuries on the on the baltimore side too 100 Um, they were they were looking at
1: one point like they could run away with it
0: Right, and then Cincinnati was kind of on a little bit of a skid, and then they kind of picked things up as of late. So, and then of course Pittsburgh kind of started off a little bit soft, and actually, you know, they're not playing bad, but you know, uh, last week was kind of brutal. So, I think I think they kind of like want to bounce back here, Um,
1: but they've done before, which is a good segue. Let's let's dive into Week 18. Nope, Week 17. I can't keep track of anything anymore. (laughs) Week 17 and the officials. We're gonna try to give you guys a lot you end up doing here five games um you're probably going to get somewhere between six and seven picks out of it because we overlap on a couple we have a couple good ones um Mm -hmm. so let's have some fun let's dive into the matchup we were just talking about which is actually monday night football and then we'll work our way backwards so monday night football cleveland at pittsburgh uh the second matchup for these two teams uh pitt sitting there right now i believe at plus three plus three and a half Uh, home favorite the total sitting around 41 41 and a half Um, for me this is an official and I'm going under I'm going low Um, really when you look at it right that week eight matchup was 15 was 20 to five. or sorry 15 to 10 uh, a Pittsburgh victory that guns alluded to earlier on a closing total of about 42 and a half there was some injury uncertainty with that game things got a little bit weird Baker played late didn't matter he was really banged up Kareem Hunt didn't play um, and just kind of set the tone for AFC North, football, where this thing landed. It was never, never close that total, which I absolutely didn't. Loved.
0: Pittsburgh lose their kicker in that game too. Isn't that what they, uh-huh, they, to, have, like, they, so they, they... might
1: have? Yeah, I can I feel like yeah, that happens that's... every year to Tomlin. He just starts going for two. Yeah, well,
0: it was yeah, it was some weird play that they tried to do a fake with the kicker and he just got leveled and taken out of the game and they had no kicker. Oswell got of the game. drilled,
1: right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, that,
0: that that was so yeah, that was that was hilarious and that could probably helped uh attribute to the uh the under in this one. But right. when you got divisional um when I like that pick as well, but when you have divisional foes going against each other and the the away team is the favorite. More times than not, you're looking at an underplay. That, yeah. That's kind of like my little system that I've always done with myself. And I think the line is like at 40 and a half or something like that. 41. Yeah,
1: I've yeah. seen it as low as 40 and a half and as high as 41 and a half. I grabbed a 41 on one of my available books. You probably might still be able to get the half south, but I would definitely grab 41 before it moves. I mean, low points per game. Cleveland's 19th in the league, averaging 20.9. Pitt is 20.1, uh, which is 22nd in the league. You know, when you look at some of these division games here, um, you know, just in the division pit uh, game against Cincinnati, thirty-four points; Cleveland, twenty-five points; Cincinnati, fifty-one points; Baltimore, thirty-nine points. So they're three and one to that number. With that outlier being the beatdown that they took from the Bengals. Um, mm. when I think they scored ten, and the Bengals just kept throwing the ball, which is not the type of matchup you're going to get here. Not the type of offense that the Cleveland Browns run Cleveland in division against Pitt, 25 points, right? We obviously just talked about that game, Cincinnati, 57, Baltimore, 26 and Baltimore, 46, uh, two and two to the number. should really be three to one that, that Baltimore 46 point, uh, was the barely cover that the Ravens had coming back. And I think going for two, um, and not getting it right. That, that weird, was that Christmas, Christmas Eve game? Um, yeah. It just recently happened, right? And Pitt hmm. zagged all year. I think you mentioned the, the home underdog here. Um, you know, off of some of these losses, they've looked really good. And some of those losses have been really bad. You know, Tomlin, obviously 41-24-2 and two against the spread as an underdog, including the loss last week to Kansas City. So that number is still really strong. That favors Pittsburgh a little bit. Um, but I just think here when you look at the points, you look at what happened in the week eight matchup and you look at what these two teams want to do from a game script standpoint, you know, I'm good at anything, you know, South of 40, I'd love to be at 41. Um, So I'm gonna grab the 41 before it dips below that key total number.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I like the side on that one too, because I mean, in that divisional um, game, you got Pittsburgh coming off like a huge humongous loss to Kansas city, Kansas city's just rolling. They're just going to be setting themselves up for the first
1: round by, in my opinion right now.
0: Especially with like the, you know, the Patriots kind of like just dipping in the last two games. Um, I don't think Buffalo's going to get there, but no, there's uh, a
1: scenario where Tennessee could get there. But again, KC could control their own destiny.
0: Yeah. But I I think this is going to be a knockout, dragout type of scenario. And you just got to ride the dog here playing at home. I know they they won on the road against Cleveland. They're coming off a bad loss to Kansas City. They're going to want to bounce back. I trust Tomlin. Um, to get them um into a position to probably get to the last week of the season, they'll decide to make a break to to get into the playoffs. I think they do it against the Browns, and uh, I I like the plus three in this scenario, and uh, I'm just going to be rolling with uh, mostly on the defensive side with uh, the Steelers, and hopefully they can eat, pound the ball on the run and uh, make the necessary stops. Listen, I saw Cleveland last week; they looked terrible against Green Bay. They made bad I mean, yeah. uh, Baker was making bad throws. Um, he doesn't want to throw the ball. He wants to hand the ball off uh, on the run, and uh, that second that uh, those running back core is is you know really banged up, and I guess they're feeling the the toils of the season. Um, where I think Pittsburgh will will bounce back here. Uh, so give me Pittsburgh
1: plus three. There you go. So two picks, one game. Let's you mentioned the Cleveland Green Bay matchup. So let's go there because Cleveland did not look good, but Green Bay let them hang around. So you have yeah. Minnesota. Uh, this might be the Sunday night game um at green yes, bay it is, uh night. you know minnesota getting three three and a half depending on where you do some of your shopping so what are six and a half sorry six and a half rather I can't yep. change it what do you like in this one i know we got a guns official incoming yeah
0: the <laughs> and it, and it kind of makes me nervous knowing i was like oh yeah this is sunday night prime time with kirk cousins kirk cousins always,
1: under the lights baby
0: oh <laughs> yeah and then you got uh, versus uh you know, Aaron Rodgers in, in prime time as well. But I'm Cousins still gonna be rolling good this year, man.
1: Cousins has been good. People yeah, but, people just want to hang on to old
0: narratives. That's correct. He, yeah. he hasn't done anything, in my opinion, that made him look like the old Kirk yeah. Cousins. He's actually played quite well. And I think uh having their receiver corn back, I know uh Adam Thielen I saw is still questionable. Um, and I think they get Davin Cook back uh from COVID protocol. Listen, they came within seven points of uh the Rams last week without having Davin Cook in the lineup. And, you know, they're coming off a loss, um, you know, m- getting their players back. Um, Green Bay's basically played the love of their competition in the last four weeks. Uh, and they're, you know, they've won a, a, in a four and oh run. I mean, basically, um, they've attributed that to the turnovers, uh, getting p- plus two turnover ratio versus the Rams, plus three versus Chicago, plus four versus Cleveland. And they only won by two, uh, Fifteen and eight in the in those. So basically, it's not the defense that's really doing the job. Oh, that c- kind of is. Um, they basically just been getting turnovers. So Ben not break, and then uh, you know, getting interception, fumbles, what have you. So and then you have uh, Minnesota coming into this game. Uh, they're plus seven in turnover ratio. Uh, for the overall for the year. So they're not a team that's going to be uh, you know, winging it throwing uh picks. Um, you have Minnesota coming off a tough loss. Um. You know, and then Green Bay. I just, I just think they're just limping into the playoffs. I don't think they're playing at a high level right now. They're not really saying to me that you're going to be the Super Bowl team right now. You're just kind of playing at the level of your competition. I'm getting six and a half here. I think at the very least the game is going to be close. So I, I like to take the plus six and a half in this scenario. And I just think that the public is just going to be like Packers, 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 Packers anyways. So I, yeah. I'll take the uh, contrarian side on
1: that one. Yeah, you plus might even be able there. to hold out and get some sevens there, but I, I like the six and a half. Um, yeah. With with the two point conversions and the missed extra points, you know these games are weirder. I, I would never say seven's still not a key. Number, I don't think you should be buying over. any games right now. Yeah. I think you have no, to I wait wouldn't. till
0: you know close yeah. to game time. With with yeah. every all these lists of uh, people getting on the, I mean, we saw yeah. uh, guys get added to the list yesterday. I saw guys getting added to the list today. So you always got to keep watching that moving target of of people not being uh, or getting put on the COVID list. Yeah. And then it, it it's crazy, and yeah. one of the games that we have on here is is one for example that is one of my plays. They they have a huge list of COVID issues, so we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. So look for the six and a half. There you can follow Guns on Twitter at Gun Picks. Um, no underscore in there, I believe, right? No, nope. just just Guns and just Picks, all one word, one word, no Z's, all S's, Guns with the Z. Uh, yeah. So. Let's go to that uh, one of these other games and Mm -hmm. uh, one where I think we have two picks between the two of us. And let's talk a little bit about the Titans Dolphins. We touched on this before in the playoff picture, because it is important for the Miami Dolphins to cling to their playoff hopes and this ridiculous win streak against the NFL bottom feeders. Mm -hmm. And then you have the Titans who can wrap up the AFC South if they win out and they can also play their way back into that one seed if the chiefs slip up. So Titans Dolphins again, this number is around three and a half. Uh, total at 41 guns which direction are you going I mean I
0: think people are are kind of um overvaluing Miami in my opinion so when you look at their 7 game win streak they've beaten Houston they've beaten the Jets they've beaten Carolina they've uh they've beaten the Jets twice actually um the Giants and uh the New Orleans Saints without with 20 people out on covid so their only real good win was that Thursday night game where they beat up on Baltimore and it was at home, highly motivated spot. And I think Baltimore Thursdays was coming they're off always a big weird. win or something like that yeah. too. So it was kind of a flat spot for Baltimore. 100 um, like percent aligned for for the Dolphins. Yeah. Tennessee's two and three, but they've kind of been, you know, dealing with a lot of injury issues, especially in the receiver quorum. And I think um, they're getting, you know, getting AJ Brown back's kind of helping. They kind of showed uh, with their win over uh, San Francisco last week. Um, so getting those key guys back, their defense is playing a lot better. They're playing at home. Um Miami's defense has been on point as of late. I guess that's kind of been the attributing factor of their success. I don't see it with Tua and that offense really doing a lot. Um so I think Tennessee like you said poised to actually go and in and, and win the south. I think this is one of those spots where um Miami is just going to have have one of those Miami moments and just kind of fall out of the playoffs with, you know, two back-to-back losses. Maybe um, I, that's kind of where I'm seeing them at right now, especially with the level of competition that they've played. I, I think uh, Tennessee takes this one minus four, but like I said, you have to look at the pro they have a lot of guys that are on the, the COVID list. Um, no one notable in my, that I've kind of seen maybe on the defensive side. So I'm going to have to watch for that, but that is going to be uh, a number that you buy late and not early, so just pay attention to that.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. I think they really you've seen what the benefit of having A.J. Brown back in yeah. that lineup means for for Ryan Tannehill, even without Derek Henry out. Um, this team's clinging to the hope that maybe they can get Henry back for a playoff run, but what I'm grabbing here is another under. I think this number, like my Browns Steelers pick, should be around 41. That's where I got it, 41 minus 110. And I like the under here too, and a big part of that is you know Miami's defense during this stretch, although against the bottom feeders, has looked uh, better. But the Tennessee Titans' offense is nothing to write home about either. Right? They're ranked 22nd uh, offensively from a DVOA standpoint. Um, and these teams, I think, are just going to kind of grind it out and, and battle it out. I mean, the Dolphins, uh, like you said, really has not been that impressive uh, during this mark. You know, one of the big things they've done is they've turned they flipped the turnover margin right uh, during their one and seven or one and eight start, whatever it was. I think one and seven, the first eight games, they were minus four. Uh, from a turnover margin standpoint, now they're sitting at plus three. Um, defensively, they've significantly improved their red zone defense. They are allowing teams to convert at only 31.3% to a TD rate. And the third down conversion rate, which they actually led the league in last year, is down to 32.6% in terms of letting opponents convert on third downs. Last or in those first eight games, like I mentioned, 51%, right? So a big part of this is the opponents uh, mm-hmm. that they've dealt with but they did have that Thursday night test. They did get the job done against New Orleans, right? And some of those stats I even read, I think the red zone and the third down were going into the Saints game. So those numbers only improved. And, you know, since that Derrick Henry injury, and obviously you had some other, you know, issues during this year, um, there were a couple games in the stretch. You know, the Rams game right afterwards, um, the Titans total, that was 44 points. The Saints was 44 points on a very late TD and a missed two-point conversion. Uh Houston was 35 points. New England, the game that made no sense to me was 49 points. Those teams were running all over each other. There was no defense. Um Jacksonville was 20 points. Pitt was 32 points, and San Francisco was 37 points. So most of these numbers trending below that 40, 41 mark. And really against similar offenses to Miami um, in that stretch. You know, they've the, the the game against Pittsburgh was a total of 23 points. Saints 24 points. Jags, 27 points and Houston, 32 points. So again, three and one uh, to that number would be four and O if not for that NOLA little push to get it over the mark of 40, uh, 46. Um, so, you know, I think I like the under here. I think it's going to be a bit of a slow pace. I think you're going to have, um, you know, two teams that want to control the clock and, and protect their quarterbacks.
0: It's am- amazing how, how Tennessee has come to be an under team and not an over team. Remember, right. They, uh, especially at flipped. home. Yeah. They would just score, 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 score. Now it's a completely different ballgame. What a difference one player in the backfield makes
1: uh, yeah. to that squad for sure. 100%. So grab the under and grab the Titans, and we'll put an end to this crazy uh, win streak for the Dolphins. So let's finish up quickly with two more. We uh, each have a side in two different games. So I'll kick it to guns first. To give us the Philadelphia-Washington football team pick, uh, NFC East Battle of Titans. Uh, I I, basically this play is just solely on who's who's got the motivation
0: to get a playoff spot versus a team that's basically given up. And you saw this team give up last week. Um, So I'm riding with Philly minus three here. Um, They've won three in a row, um, five of their last six. And they beat Washington last time by 27 to 17 in the last matchup. Uh, Washington's lost three straight and uh, in and they were all divisional games. Um, two of them were Dallas. Um, if you look at the net yard battle in those games, minus ninety-nine versus Dallas in the first game, minus two eighty-two net yards uh versus Philly, and then minus two forty last week, uh, where they got demolished on uh versus Dallas on Sunday night. Now I mean Philly's got a plus seven point differential on the road. Um, and they have the motive like I said, they have the motivation. Um, they want to win this game, they want to get into the playoffs. I think uh Jalen Hurts playing uh so much better, much improved. Um, and uh, and uh, he's got a connection with the, I can't think of the tight end. The, uh, well, you know, they got rid of uh, their Dallas, their uh, Dallas Goddard. Yeah. Dallas Goddard. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, Washington's give up. They're fighting on the, on the sidelines. Um, th- their motivation is just dropped. They don't play well at home either. Um, I just think Philly, I know this is a, a public play. And I know the line's kind of gravitating towards the uh, the Washington football team side. I just can't. What I saw in the past two weeks, uh, actually three weeks out of this Washington football team, they don't want to be there. They want to end the season now. And I think Philly's kind of on the up and up. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they can pull this off. I think a lot I think a lot of the sharp people are thinking, you know, same old, same old story with, with Philly. This is where they kind of dip down. But I don't think it's going to happen here. Give me Philly minus three.
1: Yeah. Good young core. Uh, maybe, maybe the Eagles will take a page out of the Cowboys books. And like you said, Washington doesn't play at home. Well, it could be because of those benches. And that's why the Cowboys, you know, bust theirs in. So, you know, yeah, who knows? That's correct. Knows? Yeah. <laughs> Let's stay in the, <laughs> the NFC East with the team I'm fading here, uh, going against, uh, NFC North team. Uh, and that is the New York football giants another team that kind of embarrassed themselves last week against the Eagles that you just mentioned. Uh, traveling to Chicago and going against the bears. I mean, I haven't seen the bears as minus six. It felt like in a long time, uh, Chicago is five and 10 against the spread this year, the giants six and nine against the spread, but Chicago is two and oh against the spread as a home favorite. So, you know, they've only been favored three times They're two and one as a favorite all, all in all. Um, so, you know, again, to see a minus six jump out, I think was pretty telling. And look, the biggest part of this is, you know, could it be close for a half or a quarter or whatever? Like it was, you know, Philly, and the Giants, I think, was 3-3 at halftime, right? And then I watched mm-hmm. a bloodbath in the second half. And I think a big part of it is the defense that could only hold on and do so much for so long before they realize we're not getting anything out of Mike Lennon or Jake Fromm or whatever this offense is supposed to be. And I think you're going to have a similar thing here, probably against a, a you know quality defense in the Chicago Bears and a team building a little bit of momentum, maybe on the like Foles magic. You could get Justin Fields here. I'm probably going to get Nick Foles and I don't think it matters. Um, I will take the bears minus six because either Glennon or from, are starting again, and neither one of those guys should be NFL starting quarterbacks at this point. Uh, I don't hate the under here. It's very low at 37. You could get some garbage and some weird stuff that happens. Um, you know, we did see a number around this in the Dolphins saints game that stayed under, I think it was closed probably at like 37 and a half It was hovered around 39 for a while, but that's, to me, always playing a little bit with fire, you know, once you dip below those 41. So uh, tread lightly, maybe a good live opportunity if, if, you know, they outpace that thing quickly and it jumps back up a little bit. But I do like the Bears minus six guns. Any thoughts on that one? Hey, listen, I I actually saw a new life in that team last week against Seattle. Um, They
0: pulled off a great victory last week, uh, winning by a point. Um, hopefully this momentum carries over, but I can't, like. I mean, like I said, I can't trust that. I can't trust Glennon. I can't trust the Giants. Whatever they're doing, um, for me, you always see a little bit of hope out of them in the first half, and then by the time the second half hits, uh, it's, it's complete disaster. Um, I mean, so I got the
1: Eagles game at a minus four, four and a half live. Right. You know, during it, I, I forget if it was three three or three nothing at that point. But like what they did in the second half was was a train. You know, they ran through them like a train.
0: But you made a good point on taking them on the, on the live line. Like if, if you see the giants kind of jump out to a three to nothing lead, or even just scoring a touchdown early, uh, you might as well just jump on uh, whatever line the uh, uh, the Chicago side gives you and just ride it out. Because basically this team just, you know, they, they play hard at first and then they just kind of dip, you know, um, I've always been kind of like taking little small personal plays on uh, um, whoever the giants are playing, take the opposite team in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just uh, just to fade that. It's really hard to take the Giants. No, even if it's if you see the sharp money going that way, I was like, ah, it's the Giants. They're just going to, they're going to mess it up somehow. I know the line's short, but no, I can't. There's like probably seven or eight teams that you just know that you're either betting the other side or you're not betting them at all. Because they, I mean, Jaguars being one of them, I mean, you just can't trust them at all.
1: 100%. 100%. Well, yeah, look for those live opportunities and where you can find some of those live opportunities if you follow us on Twitter. This has been a great show. We're going to sign out here. Uh, 40 plus minutes of content. The podcast will probably be a little bit shorter, but we're going to have some fun with this. We gave you guys a ton of picks that I'll try to rattle off right now before we sign off. So Miami at Tennessee, we're taking the under 41. uh, And Tennessee should be around minus three and a half, minus four. Mm -hmm. Uh, Giants at Bears, we are taking Chicago minus six. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. This is the Monday night football game. We are taking the under 41 and Pittsburgh plus. Three and a half. Uh Philadelphia minus three on the road at the Washington football team. And last but not least, Sunday night football. Can Kirk Cousins, primetime Kirk, get the best of Aaron Rodgers again? Minnesota Vikings, plus six and a half. Unofficial. Guns, thank you so much for joining me. Anything to plug, where can the great folks find you online? And you can just
0: follow me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, at Gunspix, G-U-N-Z-P-I-C-K-S. That is the name you can find me at. Um, I give away, um, uh, you know, we have GPL locked together, but, you know, I give an occasional free play, college basketball, NFL, uh, college football bowl season. Uh, I'll be cooking with that. So uh, And also, once we get into the spring, we'll be talking a little MLB as well. So, yeah, just go check me out there, and uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it is actually uh, real fun show as always
1: and uh you can check us out on dad's on the dad bots podcast always well. check out the dad bots always yep. always always but you can find me on twitter at the underscore odds underscore fellow check out at one thirty seven p.m uh the great folks who bring you this wonderful podcast because this was this is and this always will be short-term high volatility investments thanks for joining let's go cash all those tickets cheers all